You know what's happened, don't you? Hi guys, Steve here. You're listening to my podcast, 50 Uses for the Word Love. The podcast where every week I interview a different guest and we discuss how weird it is that in the English language there are so many parts of the human condition that all fall under this one very limiting umbrella term, love. I'm so happy with how many people seem to be listening to the podcast so far. You guys, that's really great. Please keep doing it. And also go to iTunes, like and subscribe. And, you know, like download it. Um, give it a five-star review. That'd be absolutely great. I'd be your friend forever. One thing I'm really liking about the podcast so far is that it seems like every single episode is just really different. Like, because we're interviewing a different guest and talking about a different form of love, it's, it's every, every episode's got a kind of a different vibe, a different uh, like temperature. I don't know, it just feels like this episode's got just like a different mood, if you know what I mean. Uh, I feel like every episode is kind of an antidote to the one that came before it, like a, a, a chaser. Today we thought we'd serve up to you trogs a little bloody culture. Today's guest is Harriet Brain. Harriet is a wonderful comedian who I met years ago, and since then she just went from strength to strength. She's been a finalist in So You Think You're Funny, Amuse Moose, and she won Best Newcomer at the Musical Comedy Awards in 2016, and then the much-coveted Funny Women Stage Award in 2016. I saw her show in uh, in Edinburgh, her debut show. It was called Total Eclipse of the Art, and I just, I just adored it, and I think she's fantastic. Go listen to all her music. It's on uh, SoundCloud, I think. Seriously, just go have it on in the background during this podcast because it's everything is just so funny. And I think she's the only comedian I know who you could describe her as parody and unique. So yeah, please enjoy my chat with Harriet. I really enjoyed talking to her, as you can probably hear. You know, you know, let's just get to that bit. You're listening to Fifty Uses for the Word Love. Today's form of love is connoisseurship. The two things I've discovered from doing this are that I talk too much. Okay. And that my childhood stammer has not gone away. No! Which I thought, I, I thought I'd liked it. Like, me and my brother growing up, we were just the, you know, because we're the, we're, uh, do whatever you thought you might not be able to be able to do, you know, like, <laughs> we were that kid. Aww. Together, combined, we were that kid. At least uh, you weren't alone in your, in your yeah. thing. You no. Know, it's a thing you could share. Yes, we shared That's way too much. Sweet. It is sweet. How was work? Work is just the same as it was before Christmas. What is it ex- ex- exactly that you do? I do, I'm an archives assistant Okay. in the National Maritime Museum Library. This is great. And it's very, very niche, mm-hmm. very sort of weird, but it's just sort of very mechanical. You sort of help people do their research by bringing in the stuff that they need. It's really very simple. Right. And then you also, I also do a lot of cataloguing, which I've been doing today, which is very tedious sometimes. Mm. Sometimes it's really cool because you open up an old box that hasn't been opened for <laughs> decades and you find something really cool. Yeah. Um, it's the beginning of a, you know, of a like a kid's film in the late yes. 90s. And, you know, and this story jumps off the page yeah. at you and you're like, ooh. And and there's I, some I, old geezer who's like, I have, yeah. Only go in, don't go in there <laughs> unless in you have a true spirit. I wish my manager was like that. Damn it! But no. What's no. his name or her name? His name is Martin. Yeah, the, you know that's that's a that's a flat that's a hard pass on. <laughs> yeah. Who calls anyone Martin these days? It's such an unheroic name. 
I was going to ask, because this is funny, actually, because you actually have, like, a proper job that is in your skill set. What do you have on your tax return? Is it comedian or is it, you know, like, <laughs> very, have, very I smart both. person? I just, right. yeah, because, yeah, you have to declare bloody everything, don't you? And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I've sort of got the, the performer company and then I've got the the full-time job as well on it. So it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But a lot of comedians you talk to, they're, they're all just waiting the exact... for the moment when they can oh, quit. Oh, God, yeah, I really am. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so you are? I'm desperate to quit, yeah. Because I had it in my head that you were like, that you were just a full-on, that you just <laughs> love art, that you're like a historian and you're and, and that like it's almost debatable whether, you know, you're trying to quit quite, one yeah. thing or the other thing or whether you'll always be working in the arts and being a comedian at the same time. I don't time. know. It's just, I think being a comedian is much more... What I had in mind working in the arts would be yeah. writing things, making things. Because mm. luckily my art education was so sort of up to date. Like no one was expected to just draw or just paint. So like mm. everyone was doing everything, like including performing of all different weird kinds. Yeah. And filmmaking and everything that yeah. comedians do. And so like... It's so funny, the, yeah. The comedian side of things is much more like, I am in the arts. The, the, <laughs> the, the museum... I do not see as a creative place, really. I think if, if I was a curator, it would be different because that's quite a creative thing. Is that the, is that the dream? But it's ba- No, not really. It's ba- but it's extremely academic and I'm just not quite there. I think I thought I was going to be a very academic person, but <laughs> when it comes to it... <laughs> it just turns out you're just wicked talented and shit. Well... Yeah, because like, also, you know... Book schmucks. It kind of turns you into a critic instead of an artist, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah, in Academ- a way. Academia makes you not a you're not you can't be a performer and an academic. I, well, they are they do exist, but I think it's a very difficult thing to be. Yeah, yeah unless think... you do a, a TED talk eight years ago, <laughs> you're not going to be able to do a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is tricky because you you do end up just completely seeing your own act as a yeah as an outsider. It gives you a very objective view of things, mm. which is I think the opposite of what like doing art and being in the world is, is sort of about being very subjective so it's yeah i think it's a tricky thing to be both hello everyone you are listening to 50 uses for the word love i am stephen trumbull i am a comedian and artist and i love that when my little niece was two years old she would ask me questions and when i gave her a full and complete answer she would say exactly this she would say oh isn't that the nice like the like yeah oh like, just, she's listening. She was just, from two years old, just completely... That's very sweet. You just sounded like anyone. It was it was the first time I realised, oh, oh, shit, it's a little person. Mm. Love that. I'm going to start today's podcast with a little story. When I was a child, I went on um, holiday with my parents to the Dordogne in oh, France. Lovely. And we went to the Paleolithic caves, mm. where they where you have the Cro-Magnon man, the, the kind of the missing link between man and, you know, apes and all that kind of stuff. And they had the first ever, like, art. The spitty hands. The spitty hands, yeah. Oh, I love the spitty hands. And so, yeah, you go into these caves and they're full of stalactites and stalagmites. Yeah. And they're these lovely, um, like, handprints. And then they've got, like, the kind of ancient cattle with the horns and mm-hmm. stuff that look like buffalo. But they're not buffalo because they're in France. The, the buffalo? I don't know what they call a, a, a <laughs> buffalo in France. <laughs> Le cheval! Um, well, um, they must have had them near, because they were buffalo in Italy, but... Oh, it's, it's la vache. Feche la vache. Is that la vache. Oh, that's a cow. That's a cow. But yeah. these were like mammoth cows. Yeah. They were like big old cows. 
Grand bash. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, bash but I remember vividly. Um, we were taken with a tour guide to these caves, and then we got to this one cave, and the tour guide said, "Though beautiful, this this particular chamber has none of the prehistoric art, unfortunately." Mm. And then my dad leaned over to me and said, "Maybe it's minimalist art." Okay, I'm getting a slow clap from my dad's <laughs> joke from uh, Harriet Brain. <laughs> I thought that was going to be gold. I think that my dad could beat up your dad if he had enough time to plan. Okay? Oh, probably. This is... All right, that was crushing. Although my dad is very funny, so... Oh, is he? Mm. You got a funny dad? Got a funny dad. What's the funniest thing he's ever said? Well, everyone, everyone thinks their dad's funny, don't they? Yeah. Um, uh, but mine doesn't... My dad, I don't think my dad thinks he's funny. Yeah. Which is why I always want to reward him whenever he is. <laughs> That's... I thought that was gold. I thought that I mean, was, I, I that, do... I just... I'm just... I'm a bit of a well connoisseur when it oh. com- when it comes to um, uh, ruining what the uh, subject of the podcast is before we've introduced it. Yes. No, but I'm also a bit of a connoisseur when it comes to like jokes about art because yes. I feel like pe- it's the kind of thing that people have always given me for Christmas. They've given, yeah. like, oh, here's a here's a book of jokes about art. I hate it when people do that. You'll like that. That's here's, what you do. Here's the thing that you already know <laughs> yeah, everything exactly. about. It's perfect for you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. That's terrible. So, so your dad is well. great. It's like great, giving, it's like giving try. Usain Bolt a pair of shoes. <laughs> have you got? Have you got a clean? You got a clean pair? Get a clean pair. Okay, yeah. <laughs> These ones are new. They're really new. Apparently, they're like designed specially for you know speed pros. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So so people give you like joke books about art. Well, uh, yeah, and also that would be the kind of thing that a family member. I'm thinking of one in particular, an uncle, uh, would would <laughs> sort of say to me in the same situation they'd be like minimalist start as if if to be like as if to mock (laughs) mock the art Oh, I see. To, to like mock the idea, the the idea of minimalist art. You're you're protective of the integrity of the subject. There's more. There's more to it always than just oh, that's minimalist. There's always more. I mean, it's usually that doesn't take away from the fact that it's very very full of bullshit. Mm. But um. Yeah. Oh, we've got so much good stuff Sorry. to talk about. No, 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 it's fine. No, please never apologize. Yeah. In fact, keep uh, roasting my dad throughout okay. the podcast if you can. I was going to say, like, you've done a nice drawing of the spitty hand. I did draw and, a picture um, of the spitty I didn't spit on my hand and stick it in my notebook. I should have done that. It's absolutely tiny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like a little mouse. Was that Trump? He did that little hand. Yes, it is. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's actually very lesser appreciated in his time, uh, <laughs> like most dictators. <laughs> He's got very pretty hands. Do you think? Sort dainty. Of, yeah, very dainty. You sort of look at them because he wears these ridiculous jackets that make his shoulders look yeah. absolutely massive. <laughs> when I'm sure underneath it, he's just a withered old. He looks like a character from Belleville Rendezvous. Yeah, he does. And then yeah, with this like drawn-on hair and stuff. And then um, and then he's got these like dainty sort of because people have focused a lot on his hands. Yes. And I think yeah, I personally think they're very dainty, dainty looking and pretty. I guess and they're I'm, the least offensive looking part of him yeah they are yeah it's true like he he's got such dainty hands and he can't do anything with them like <laughs> like like close an umbrella for example and it's because his hands are too dainty right it would probably hurt him he'd probably bleed if he had to yeah. close an umbrella you so you would like you would look good if he had like a little uh, china tea set yes like you'd be a really good uh, mm. tea party person mm. or maybe oh, a, a little finger monogrammed handkerchief maybe <laughs> very sweet or maybe like a little paintbrush Little and you could make little brush. watercolors. Yeah. Like he's, it's all about the. Flick. Everything has to be like the size of a cracker present for him, <laughs> for him to use it. 
And we got this tiny for Christmas in our in my cracker, best cracker ever. Yeah. I got a mini chess set. Oh. And uh, we played chess over over Christmas dinner. How mini must that been to well, be it a, was, it a was cracker? That big folded, so it right. was like fol- okay. folded, and it fit it fit perfectly in the cracker. Mm. You know, and everyone else got like I was going to say a that would be a well kit. endowed cracker. It was yeah, it was a chunky, <laughs> it was a chunky one, and uh, it was great. And I was just like, this this is so cute and and dainty. Because I mean, after all this talk about daintiness, I've always been very very conscious of my hands being the least dainty part of me. And I think that's quite cool. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean they're the least dainty? Because, you're, you're, hey, you're Stephen, hey, Stephen, I am person. a dainty person. Your entire exactly. person is dainty. But my hands ain't. What? Look at the size of those palms. Actually, let, look, Fucking at, massive look at my palms. hands. They're only a little bit bigger than yours. Yeah. And mine look even more like they've never done a hard day's work in their life. You look got, at them. Yeah, you've got sweet They're hands. They're pillowy. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> this is actually a true story. An ex-girlfriend actually once said to me, it's like you're not even touching me. <laughs> She didn't Whoa. mince words, that girl. She was very funny. But they're like Steve. little babies' bums on sticks. Oh, they're so pillowy, <laughs> soft and pillowy. Well, I'm single, by the way, everyone. If anyone's <laughs> looking for a like a, a deep <laughs> tissue massage, uh. yeah. yeah, my hands look like dustbin lids. Um, no, tiny dustbin lids. But look also, like I look like I'm gonna get arthritis because every every joint is slightly the wrong angle. I'll tell you what they look like. They look like you have put up a couple of cabinets. Exactly. That's what they, that's but that's what they great. Look like. That's good yeah. though. And I but and but they've always looked like that. Really? Like, even before I put up any cabinets. Like when you like, were like a child, you yeah, had these like I've had workman like, hands, claw hand, like workman. <laughs> exactly. That I, I was like a because I grew at a weird pace as well because I had well I have celiac disease still. Oh, okay. you know, it's, there's yes. no cure. Um, there's no cure. But well, I didn't get diagnosed till I was ten. Oh no! And so I grew at slightly strange in a slightly strange way, which is quite normal for celiacs because we need to like. Like, I just for a second I, I was, was a strange looking child. Like, we need, <laughs> we need to, to organize. We need to stick together. We need to like give each other some nutrients somehow. Yeah, and so I had tiny feet, big hands, a huge belly, and like stick thin limbs. Strange looking child, but I've always I've always used used my big old hands. Played the piano. Had a huge reach for a, for an eight year old. Yeah, uh, an octave. Sounds like you're trying to sell a child. <laughs> this one. It's got a good reach. Huge got a reach. huge reach. Huge reach on her. Um, and so yeah, I've always done. You lose something. You lose something down the drain. This one will help you out. It's got a, got a banging reach. It's like, oh god. Yeah. So mm. it's a weird little. Uh, I find it so weird how many people like even when they're completely well. normal and, and like fine and lovely looking, they still will find the one thing oh, yeah. about them that they yeah. don't like. Do you know what I mean? It's really weird. That was one of those questions they used to ask you in French oral exams. Do, do you remember, did what, you do languages How did celiac disease no. affect your hands? <laughs> that would be too, a, that This would is be, why I only got a C. That's that. not specific enough for that exam. No, no. They, they, I just remember very clearly, like, every oral exam, they'd ask what's... Maybe it's because it was a girls' school. That's, I don't know. That would be awful if it was. But they, one of the questions I clearly remember from that exam is being asked... Something Which, you don't like about yeah, yourself. Yeah, what's something that you don't like about yourself? To be fair, that that does sound like something that you would be that you would need to learn French. That would be like a, <laughs> that would be a good thing to if you went to Paris. Yeah, it would be a good thing to have in the back of you. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a very Parisian thing yeah. to thing yeah. to learn. 
Yeah, they didn't ask it in the... Because I did Spanish as well. Then That was never something they asked in Spanish. No, because it's Spanish. There is no part of you that isn't fucking awesome all the time. Yeah, Spanish really? is a happy language. No, it seems to just focus a lot more on uh, philosophical things in Spanish rather than uh, mm. bodily. <laughs> um, yeah, and I always used to say, uh, je déteste mes ongles, which means my we'll nails... say that close to the mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it probably it's probably really bad now because I haven't done French rages. But yeah, I say I hate my nails because I've always bitten them and they oh, always too. look awful. They do not look awful, Harriet. <laughs> they do not look awful. I mean, when you kind of like you're kind of gurning them. No, I'm not. It's just what my hands look like. Of, it's just what they look like. They are they're slightly Talon esque. They are at the complete talons. Yeah, but that I like that. But like without any talons, because I, mm. I bit them all off. They were great before Christmas. I was so busy before Christmas, like I with like both work and I had an insane number of gigs, which is good. Yeah, it's okay. But like, um, it just meant that I was never because I bite my nails when I'm bored, and I was not bored through the and I had barely had any sleep either. It was quite bad throughout the entire of December, and I just my nails just grew, and I had and, like, <laughs> like, and suddenly like over like the actual Christmas period, I had these like gorgeous National hands. Geographic hands, and and now like over the past few days of of um of uh, sitting at home not doing much just bit them off never mind that's a sunday <laughs> yeah it was literally like a, yeah sunday biting sex. oh so you but you're a biter you don't just you don't just pick them oh off. a massive or both oh i'm 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 actually really it's really heartening to meet a grown up who also does that yeah. because it is gross and it is a, a thing that i do compulsion I have to stop myself doing it on the bus. That's fucking gross. Like, I do it on the bus. You do it? Oh my God. People have told me off for it before. Like okay. several old women on the tube and the bus have been like, hey, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever speak to anyone who doesn't have a, a, a delightful accent? Just every everyone who has told me to stop biting my nails because it's, it's a very... English people are like, yeah, you know, people, whatever. They would never know, go yeah. up to someone and, and say that kind of thing. So it's, it's always... Yeah, I think it's like uh, this old Pakistani lady came up to me and told me to stop biting my nails, and she like held my hands really, oh. really tightly. Um, and she was like, mm, "No," <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen things. <laughs> yes, I've seen she, where it goes. Yeah. My son died from this. <laughs> I've tried everything. I tried. My mum took me to hip, to a hypnotherapist to try and stop me biting my nails, and wow. I just and I just remember like I don't know. That's how such old. a mum thing 12. to do. I was too old for it, really, or maybe I've just I'm just not that susceptible to hypnotism. I just remember like just bluffing the whole way through. Yeah, see, I'm like that because I was like, yeah, sure. I, I've never been working. hypnotized, but I've done like guided meditation before, mm. and the the person, the counselor, was trying to like get me to say like, what do you see and stuff, and the creative person in my brain was just trying to invent interesting things because I didn't want to let. It was like I was being. It was like an exam condition. It was like an exam. I didn't yeah. want to let her down. I wanted to be, and it was like, and I'm actually quite a good writer as well. So it got like beguiling as shit like I was like there's like a skull of an animal in the desert but there's like something living in the eye what's in the eye it's like a creature but it's a creature that only lives just under the sand oh my god it can only come out just at the moment of the perfect silence when the sun dips below the horizon Wait, so you were saying this stuff out loud? Yeah, she was oh. like, oh, no, 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 I, I wasn't saying it in that voice, but like, okay. like, that's essentially what I described. She oh. actually she actually was spent the whole time being like, so what do you think that represents? And I'm like, me being full of shit. There probably is something to it behind all of the thinking it's... We're all too smart now. 
Mm. It's very hard to hit. I bet it was yeah, easy to hypnotize people <laughs> in the 1920s. Do you know what I mean? Do you think? Yeah, because it was like, we, we don't know how, like, we know how IMAX cinema works. We don't need, we don't have someone mm. getting in our brains, making us do things. Well, I do remember my first time at the IMAX. What a day that was. Where, what, when was it? Oh my God. I think I must have been eight or nine. And my dad took me to see, I think it was the new, the second Fantasia. Hmm. I th- what year did that come? That must have that been. That was like 2000, wasn't it? Yeah. So I yeah. must have been nine. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it was just absolutely Flipping mind blowing. That does sound like a good one. Yeah. That sounds like a really good first IMAX experience. I think mine was Monsters versus Aliens or something like that. I mean, also good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's legit. It's got yeah. some legit shit. It's pretty good. What was I going to say? Oh, oh uh, speaking of you bl- blowing the the tight, the, the, po- the uh, see, see, what about the stammer? It's coming back. Oh, no. Fuck. Right. The, Only when you, you think you need to say something. <sighs> when you say something you need to say. Yes, yeah. it's only when I've got, like, I'm trying to be impressive, like I'm a, a presenter. Yeah, I, exactly. I could end up on T4. Um, no. <laughs> no, okay. Um, the thing that I was going to say is that I've, uh, you've been, you've blown the, the subject we're talking about today and I've forgotten to tell everyone who you are. Oh, we should probably do that. My guest yeah. today is the delightful Harriet Brain. Hi. Harriet is a... Is a <laughs> Harry is a truly talented, wonderful, uh, award-winning comedian. Yes, I, I somehow. Think, I think I would... Oh, is that too much? Or should we not do that? No, we, we can. It's just... The yeah. thing I was going to say was that I think it's quite obvious why you're award-winning. Oh, thank uh, It's because you. your material so hack and lowest common denominator. Yeah. And like, like everyone <laughs> knows exactly what you're talking about all the time. Yeah. It's just like, you know, something happened to me on the tube today. You know, dating app jokes. This is me being ironic because you, of all the comedians I know, have probably got the best niche, I think. Would you call it niche? Very much so. And so would Stylist Magazine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Fairly niche. Stylist Magazine you is the, my favourite uh, quote. How your brain has a fairly niche act. Fairly but niche. La, 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 That's it, poster quote right and there. And I was like, yeah. fairly niche. Thank you, Stylist Magazine. Yeah, I certainly was when I started out, which is definitely the... That's the reason that I did quite well when I first started. Well, no, see, I'm going to challenge that because I'm a huge fan of what you do. I think it's brilliant. I was going to ask, do you feel like other comedians or even, you know, critics and stuff, they try and use that as a way of under- well, undercutting you? I don't think, they, I don't think so. Because no, just, just full disclosure for everyone listening, uh, Harriet does, uh, or, or at least at the, um, when you first started out, you're, yeah, your main, you know, but your, your, the, your claim to fame is that she writes almost exclusively... Uh, parody musical comedy songs about art history. Yes. Which is why my mother would want me to marry you. Like it is unbelievably <laughs> brilliant it's, and amazing. It's pretty darn you were the only you were the only comedian who I've ever looked up the blurb on them and it has the word oeuvre in it. <laughs> I think you mean oeuvre. Is that what it is? Oeuvre. Say it close to the mic. Oeuvre. Oh, <laughs> It's so great to see a kind of a niche comedian mm. doing well in right. the industry that we're well, in. Well, again, like it, it, it has its limits, and yes, I do, I do tend to do very well live mm. because it's different and literally, like it's, it's. Well, as opposed to like, I as well, I, I, well, I, I, because of the parody element, it means that none of this stuff is ever going to be broadcast because right. of so so oh, so okay. it's it's never I'm never going to make any money out of it. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, it's good to get that out of the way well, first. Yes, unless I sort of 
really legitimate if I was going to sell either recordings or broadcast performance that would make money I would need to ask permission of every single mm. person that I've used the tunes of yeah. and I've tried doing that I don't I've not got any responses from anyone like I've this. asked so it's like <laughs> but I but that's because it's like a vicious cycle because I'm because I put it out for free and in a live context it's nearly all fine under the law anyway mm, mm, mm. god it's a pretty really really dull but yeah in a live context the parodies do very very well mm. and also the subject matter which I was not expecting mm. I did never I never expected to perform this stuff in I love say it. I don't know, Luton, no offence, Luton. <laughs> or like, I did a, like one of my very early gigs. I was on a really amazing lineup, And I think, um, oh God, what's his name? Tom. TV. T- TV Tom. TV Tom. Oh, I, I am. Yeah, TV Tom. Yep, you know. Anyway, um, he was headlining this gig. And yeah, Tom off the telly. And um, God, it's like a really Tom... <laughs> we, when we everything stops we can, until we get this right, we can delete this bit. Yeah, we will delete um, this bit. Oh my god, this is so dull. Sorry, Tom Allen. Tom, Tom Allen. Bloody Allen. That Tom. Oh. Okay. And, and you know and, the first one that comes up when you type Tom comedian into Google. Nice. Tom Allen. So yeah, so one of my like early gigs, I was really lucky, and I was doing this gig with Tom Allen. And who? <laughs> TV Tom. TV Tom. And. We don't we don't drop names here. And it was in and it was in Gravesend. Oh, I love name dropping because it. <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. Um, I thought you were going to say you were fairly niche Kumar. Earlier. <laughs> oh no! What? Oh, it's past seven. I don't have to be funny. What the heck was I saying? You were talking oh, yeah. about oh, you were, so talking, doing, you were talking about yeah, some amazing. I, I never I never expected this material, the art history material, to go down. And this particular gig was in Gravesend. Hmm. And it was full of what looked like truck drivers. And I've done a lot of I've done a lot of gigs where I've been. I think I was the only woman on that lineup. And also, I've done a lot of gigs, whether I'm the only woman or not, where the audience is very skewed to the older male end. Yes. But in these particular cases that I'm thinking about, I I've just learned that you you never ever know what an audience is going to like. Yeah. Just by looking at them, you can, mm. and you never, and I I never sort of dumb it down. So I did some really friggin' niche stuff in Gravesend, and they loved it. Nice. There's like this like room full of yeah, what what looked like well <laughs> lorry drivers. But that's just the thing. Also, loved it. Maybe we could say that like, would you think that's just the power of art that actually you could? No, no, but see, no, no, I'm, no that's <laughs> not a joke. This is, I'm, po- I'm podcasting, Harry. This is me podcasting. What I'm trying to say is. Everyone knows art. It's all in us. We don't... Even if you're a, lo- a truck driver, you, you know about art. Like, you, exactly. might, you might not think you do. Yeah. I thought... Because I, I grew up with a really big art history. Like, my mum was very into it. Mm. My sisters were artists. And I'd been drawing since I was two. So I'm a, I was really good at art as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and but, but I always thought that, like, I was, wasn't very good at the study of it. And then I went to the Tate with a friend recently... Tate, Tate Modern. I was going around Tate Modern and we just went around all the kind of the, you know, the basics, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was just talking about them and my friend was like, oh my God, you know so much about art. And I didn't even realise I was like talking about like, is it, is it, is it Matisse and Picasso who were like rivals and like also kind of friends? Is that those oh, guys? maybe. You know, uh, Dali's wife. 
because oh, I went yeah, to God, the Figueres yeah. uh, Dali Museum when I was a kid, mm. and it's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. There's like holograms in boxes. Him, yeah. Oh my god! And like, there's rooms that look like faces. It's like it's like a. It's, I don't know how he did it. It was like mm. it's a whole. It's like a theme park for Dali. And the one thing that me and my brother always picked up on was that he would have these huge pictures of his wife, uh, Gayla mm. or Gala. Gala, Gala. Yeah. She was always beautiful in every picture. And I, me and my brother were just like, oh, she's the one thing he won't melt. Oh. Don't you think that's adorable? <laughs> he did. He'll did stick he... pins in everything else. Everything else is weird looking. Oh, I think and he definitely did a few. always kind of looks beautiful in every picture. He did a few things with Gala. I think he did like an exploded head of Gala. Really? Like one of, But one of the geometric-y ones. I right. Think, I think he did one of those of her. I might be wrong. It wasn't like scanners or something. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was like more like a car, like a, a car exploded view. Yeah. Uh, yes. I might be I might be wrong. If there. I find it, I'll post it. I'll but post yeah, it for no, the I listeners. Been, oh yeah, I was obsessed with him. Like a teenager. What are your? Who are your big guys? Who are your? Who are Ooh. your favorites? Yeah. And then I'm going to tell you who you. Who, I'm going to ask. Yeah. Who, well, who, that's... Who, who do you think is dog shit? Because that <laughs> that would be that's what we really want to know. Oh, um, <laughs> I had, well, I'm going to struggle with that one a bit actually. Um, are you such a connoisseur of brr. art that you find it hard to I'm criticize? Not, well, yeah, I do, that's true. I do tend to be quite like my my boyfriend says that I have. I'm very easily pleased when it comes to things like comedy. Like, that, I, that should bode like, well for him. I would, well, yeah, exactly, mate. Come <laughs> on. No, but I'm very, I'm very easily pleased um, <laughs> when it comes to like I will laugh at anything. I think it's the same with art. Like I think I tend to sort of just appreciate that. Uh, I don't know, like appreciate what it is for what it is, rather than something to do with like my personal mm. sort of. Yeah. Well, because well, just... I was thinking, because of course, I think you may have guessed by now, listeners, the word for today is connoisseur. Connoisseur. I was wondering which word to use for love of art. I knew I wanted to do something mm. about love of art, and mm. you immediately sprang into my mind. Um, it's an interesting word, But it though. is an interesting word, because it's kind of associated with snobbishness. Taste. Yeah, and, like, true to some of the things we've talked about so far, French word. Oh, I love oh, French. Yeah, they, they, know French. What they know what they're talking about. But, yeah. um... It's like someone who could tell you who painted something. They know they know everything. Mm. So the other words I considered were amateur, mm. which is like someone who has a passion for something but without um, any of that. But they just love it anyway. Mm, but amateur, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't call you an amateur. I think you oh, come on. You. Your songs are too well researched to be that. Um, and the Honestly, other yeah. mate, it's all Wikipedia. Okay. Well, it's, it's... <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Um, <laughs> Well, no, I think obviously it helps. It helps having had a art, Join us next an art week when our education. word will be amateur. <laughs> Welcome to the next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, back to back taping. It might be, have the illusion of being well researched, and I guess maybe I, I'm a, I'm good at picking the things out. Mm. You know that that are going to get a laugh or rhyme or or whatever it is that makes the songs decent. There's got to be about... Not particularly good at sort of academic research in that sense, in the sense right. of like, um, yeah, I can... But if, if somebody I know needs something... some files to do some research, <laughs> I you know exactly what drawer they're in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, in the British Library, they, they literally do have robots that do my job. Like wow. my like snobby it, robots. If the no, it's not there's nothing snobby oh, about, right, right. about about being an archives assistant. You know, I'm um, trying to pay you a compliment, Harriet. By calling me a snob. Yes, 
<laughs> okay, right. So there are robots that can do your job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... As in, like, someone says, hey, go and get the, the good yeah. etchings. And it knows exactly where the etchings are and it can go get them. Yep. Really? Yeah. Fuck. That's what they have in the British Library. You do realise I don't even have any actual qualifications for normal jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and AI has already taken over the fucking <laughs> art galleries. Yeah. It Well... It hasn't taken... Uh, 99% of them are will not get to that stage probably mm. ever because robots are expensive. Yeah. Um, and also... And they're better at sex. Museums, so. stores... Yeah, that's true. I mean, if anyone's going to pay a robot to do something, it's going to be... Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be... <laughs> a robot with opposable thumbs is, is not going to be first used... Yes. ...in the back rooms of a museum. Yeah. museum, is it? It's going to be used for other things. And your hands but, aren't. Your hands are very. Uh, I mean, you, I've got robot have, hands you, already. You do have robot. You, you, I feel like you could peel your skin away, and you've got like the Bionic. Cyberdyne system <laughs> Terminator Two hand. That's what yeah. kind of what they look like. Actually, that's what it looks. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's yep, that's how. I didn't think that this this which... podcast was going to be this focused on. It's, hands. it's almost a taboo episode. It's very very <laughs> hand based. I'm very sorry, everyone. I play this. I've got a little cousin who's three. Well, my half cousin. Well, she's she's much younger, so it's kind of confusing because she she feels like she should be a niece, but Aww. she's not my. Let her be a niece. She's not a brother's kid. She's Everybody a half uncle's nieces kid. Are the, nieces are the best. Let her be a niece. And she is fascinated by my hands, and because I we play this game together called. Well, she says Pida, but it's Spider. Oh, um, so she's like. <laughs> Be, let's be Pida, and, which means let's be spiders. And like, and, and I make my hands like little gold. And she she like screams and runs away, and then laughs and comes back and then screams no. and runs away. Um, it's really sweet. That is so sweet. That's something you can do with um, creepy hands. Yeah, pretty useful things to have. Um, I mean, obviously, she's going to grow up to be a psychopath. Definitely, <laughs> she's she's got all the all the signs. All I can't, the signs I can't wait to hear her first thrash metal. Her favorite album. her favorite color is black. Ooh. So yeah, she's definitely on on route. She's super cool, she's and you're cool. you're part of why she's super cool. Aww, you should be proud sure. of yourself. Yeah. Okay. Do you think we? Do you ever think we'll get to the point where we have robots that have hobbies? Oh, that would be amazing. Like they're so employed. I mean, I don't think they, so. They moonlight as other things because I think. Well, yeah, moonlighting if it's still useful to some human, but can does that count as a hobby? Well, like Data in Star Trek has hobbies. Yeah, you know, he tries acting. He can he composes music. They have to make, tell him to make his singing less perfect because he's he's a robot, so he's getting it really well. I think he's doing. Did I, I just said getting it really well? I, I think the I, day I that speak. the day that robots get hobbies is the day that they take over the world. I think. Yeah, the day that a robot has none to do on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon, we're all fucked. Yeah, exactly. In fact, was that like your last show in Edinburgh? I didn't. I, I missed it. Your, all your show was about the end of the world. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? my show was about the end of the world. So was that you moving away? from the art stuff yes it was just it was a difficult second show and <laughs> and it was it was billed as a work in progress because i didn't want any horrible reviews of it nice that's um, what i'm doing this year yeah it's very chill good and um i really well i say i really enjoyed it because i had a, a perfectly decent fringe i did i did two <laughs> weeks it was very relaxed i hardly spent any money uh and you know, I made a little bit, which is that's great. Come on, yeah, right. mate. I paid one month's rent with mm. after spending five months' rent. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what, harsh. Yeah, oh, don't even. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah that's a whole other. Conversation. But like in, on on paper, I had a very good fringe, but it was a really difficult second show 
because I was trying to do too many different things because I was trying to be I was trying to be less niche, which I think is definitely not the thing to do. But you're only fairly niche. <laughs> Yeah. So I was, Maybe I was, one day you might want to double down and well, go decidedly niche. Well, because I thought I can't do another. I wasn't tired of the art history songs, but mm. I was kind of a little bit like, "Oh Jesus Christ, will I ever do anything else?" Right. And okay. so I tried. To, so yeah, I wrote this show. It, there was one artist song in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was one. I couldn't. I couldn't keep away. Just couldn't get enough. And then there was a, a landscape architect in it as well. And then. A few authors and a scientist or two. Yeah, I tried to sort of branch out of just beyond just artists, but it was a and it was also about the apocalypse. It was a right state, mate. It was a right okay. state. I mean, it sounds very unacademic to me. Lots of writers and philosophers and stuff like that. You obviously are like a well-read <laughs> well, person. Yeah, I think most I, apocalyptic shit is about like. You know, zombies. zombies and shotguns and stuff. That's most people's <laughs> connections to the apocalypse. We're well, talking about preserving. This is kind of what we're talking about. This word connoisseur, you're talking about mm. taking inventory of humanity, the the, the well, redeeming kind of, parts of us. That's interesting that you say that, because that was kind of the idea of the show and the idea that I would never, like, no one is up for that job. Because, like... <laughs> Because um, the idea was it was an apocalypse, sort of midway through an apocalypse, didn't know if it was ever going to end. Mm. And the internet had been destroyed by Donald Trump and his cronies. He's the only one who I, I trust to do that job. And that kind of sent the world spiralling into um, an apocalypse. And I had had to take on a role as basically the replacement of the internet. Nice. And so... And it was based on my day job, which another part of, apart from getting books out and putting them away again, mm. another part of my job is answering inquiries. Right. So people email or call and we have to like do our best at helping them with their research and like giving them the answers. And so the idea was that like all these strange apocalyptic people would, they'd call me up like I was Google and ask me what was any question that was on their mind. But they all happened to be about historical figures that I'd written songs about. I found that funny. I don't know if it is funny. Really well, did. no, but I think I think it's a really good idea for a show because it's it's a surreal kind of character piece. Yeah. But you're really just telling us about your shitty day job. Yeah, exactly. But so you know, but you yeah. are actually like communicating. It's more than a confessional show. You're actually kind of like yeah. that's without your... saying anything about myself. Really, it's, it's very creative. <laughs> it's very artistic. You're actually kind of you're yeah. coming up with a creative I like way the of dealing with it. People generally like responded very well to the concept, mm. but I just think I if I had uh, the quality of the songs I actually ended up producing wasn't as good as my first show, which was quite apparent. And then since doing that show, some of the songs were very like, like I was trying to make it more accessible and easier for people to understand. <laughs> but then I ended up, I ended up just um, you need to get more truck drivers. I in. ended up just ripping people off. Like, more than usual. Wow. Well, and completely unintentionally as well. Like, I did... I went to... Um, <laughs> I went to see um, Jolly Boat, one of their shows. Do you know Jolly Boat? No. Excellent musical comedy double act. Okay. Very, like, almost as silly as a kid's show. Right. But with some quite adult content. Like clown. Yes. Kind of almost. And, right. like, very, just very hilarious and loud and funny. Hmm. And I went to see their, like best of show they did two shows at Edinburgh one was new stuff one was like a best of I don't want to see the best of and three of their songs which they've had in the bank for you know 
10 or less years, I was like, oh my God, I've just had the same idea and done it in quite a similar way. I mean, obviously different because we are really different Mm. acts. I think that's the worst nightmare of most comedians, regardless of the style. I I shed a small tear um, (laughs) whilst whilst laughing hysterically at their final number. And I went up to them at the end and I said, I'm absolutely mortified because one of them had come to see... I'm picturing you as Sinead O'Connor... Like, one long, <laughs> continuous does. close-up shot of you. In fact, your hair right now is looking so kind of vintage Sinead yeah. right now. Oh. oh my god, that's so funny. I'd love to do a spoof of that. Actually, it's have been you ever done, done so many uh, times. Uh, no, but have you ever done uh, one of her songs? I think... I haven't. Have you, uh, uh, do you think it's because of the songs that the truck drivers liked that could found their way into the art stuff? Because yes. you do quite popular... Because I felt really bad some of the times I came and saw you because... I don't know a lot of popular songs. Or I'm really, in, I'm really kind of niche. I'm niche with songs, yes. so like I don't know the words to Roxanne. I, <laughs> I know there's a song called Roxanne that goes. I know the Moulin Rouge version, maybe, and that's all you need to know. Okay, yeah, but I've you know so, but I think that might be what gets people in. It is. It's definitely what gets people in. But then I think because a lot of parody song people have like an angle and then the songs really help it's like mm. it's like a booster mm. and i think that's like so clearly clearly the case for, for me as well mm. um but then the subject matter is just so off like it's so off pieced <laughs> then that then it's like an added yeah it, it really it's a good combo mm. and I, i've had a really good time doing it but now i'm trying to move on because i realized doing the last show apocalibri that nice. like i was just I, I was just bored. I, think that I was good. so bored. What bored of, of my own material? Of your own material. And yeah. um, and I still like some of the old class. Oh, I say old classics. These songs are like less than three years old, most of them. Mm. But like some of my old songs, I still love because I think they're hits. I think they're just genuinely funny and they're good. They're great. They're brilliant. But so much of it, I'm just so bored of. And so now I'm in the process of writing like what, ten original songs. Right, so so the the plan for this year is to yeah. is to do better than than the work in progress. It's like Oh you, yeah, I completely even, scrapped it. You completely scrapped, scrapped it. it. Oh yeah, that was the, the other caveat to that to that story. Is caveat the right word? I don't I know. I think it's a good word. But like, uh, but yeah like the like one of the, the things that came out of doing that work in progress is I found I if I was gonna do that show again I would hate it. Mm. So I decided I don't want to hate it. What? It was fine. And there were some great bits in it, and I still do those bits. Mm. But like, and the concept was fine. Mm. But I do, I do not want to have to stick with that for another whole year. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just I've written a completely new show. There's a couple of parodies in it, but they're proper old school songs. Mm. So they're both in the public domain. Okay. <laughs> um, and they're also like just a sort of like link to my previous work. Mm. But the whole rest of the show is is completely original. And you know what? I can do it. Nice. I can write them. I mean, who, who, like, who, who knows if it's going to be funny or not? But like, well, I mean, that's yeah, what I was I'm proud thinking. Of myself. If, if anyone ever tries to undermine parody songs or mm. or, or things like that, I always th- I think of you because I always think like, yeah, mate, write me an essay about Lucy and Freud to the tune of fucking <laughs> Disco Two Thousand, and then write jokes into it and win an award, mate. Yeah, go on in your own time. Give it to me by Sunday. I do. I really like it's that. It's tough. I, I, people have said this to me a lot. I think even my agent said it to me when he first met me. It was like, you you watch Harriet Brain go on stage and you think, oh, shit. <laughs> because I'm just this like sort of like Izzy Sutty type with a guitar and like, yeah. for some reason, 
people don't look forward to hearing what I'm gonna <laughs> hearing what I'm gonna say. Um, and I th- and I think people think I'm gonna be like twee because I look twee. You are. I mean, you're, you but mean, then, you're kind of you're kind of twee, but not in your songs. Exactly. Exactly. And I one of the main things a lot of people and like cr- comedy critics and other comedians have said to me is that like you just the most unexpected thing mm. comes out. And yeah, and people don't expect to like parody songs because, to be fair, they have been done a lot. And today, I think the comedy culture is like, it prizes originality above everything yeah. else, which wasn't always the case. No. Like, it's a relatively new, like, new obsession. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, you've got your Bo Burnhams and stuff mm. like, going out, like, writing, you know operas about depression and things yes. you know and it's like suddenly like people are crying at the end of his special and it's like okay yes, <laughs> it used to just be amazing. like um jingle bells batman <laughs> smells robin laid an so egg true. batmobiles lost his wheel and the joker got away Honestly, so i have mate, to finish the song musical comedians are we are so intense <laughs> yeah i'm getting that right now we're so it's burning intense. off you and underneath all the um, the hack underneath all the hacky stuff mm-hmm. all the formulaic writing we're tortured artists inside it goes all, all goes into your it's hands tortured <laughs> you, you have the you have the you have the uh, the hands of Dorian Gray uh, yes that's what you have you know I'm gonna have Mary Berry's hands when, when I'm like 30. if you're lucky <laughs> Who doesn't want Mary Berry's fucking hands, man? Have you, have you seen those hands? Yeah, but they make nice cakes. <laughs> I'm, g- I'm gonna find me a girl That's with some true. Mary Berry fingers, and I'm gonna make her my wife. Aww. That's what's gonna happen. I think Aww. that's fine. See, okay, you're kind of doing everything in reverse. Like, you, know, you couldn't release any of your songs because of copyright issues. So it's like you've already got the decline of your career first. Your hands are aging backwards, like. Like Benjamin Buttons. You got little Benjamin Button hands. (laughs) Like the last thing you're going to do on your deathbed is grab somebody's finger. (laughs) That is a great image. Um, You do love art. I do. Tell me why. Because you are an actor? No. You said you were in a play. I am in a play. Which means you're... It's my first play, though. So you didn't study acting? I didn't study acting, no. Okay, so you didn't study acting. This is the first professional bit of acting I've ever done, this play that I'm about to do. Okay, you're a musician, and you are an art historian. Yes. And you're a comedian. Yes. What was the thing... Because I'm trying to work out which is the primary. (laughs) Which is the thing that you started first? When you... Why do you love art? Where did it start? Oh, uh, it well, it, it started because I, much probably similar to you, picked up a pencil when yeah. I was very, very young and just Two. drew and drew and drew and drew. Mm. That's all I wanted to do. I used to run home from school so I could draw. I had, yeah, I had books and books of, um, like, and I'd get obsessed and I'd draw the same thing over and over again, but with, like, a different outfit on. <laughs> I wanted to be a fashion designer for a while because, like, that's, yeah. I'd constantly draw, like, well, characters with different outfits but like not as in like i mean when i got a bit older like i draw like re- like really nice hats and stuff but like <laughs> um when i was four or five i'd draw like a human print like a, i'd call a princess but she was just a girl mm-hmm. she, like i'd draw like a human girl like a like a doll like a paper doll yeah. and i and i draw her and then i'd draw her as an alligator like with an alligator costume on I didn't draw an alligator. I drew a girl with an alligator costume on. <laughs> and then, and like a witch costume and a devil costume. 
I was really obsessed with like um, the devil and like little uh, because my my granddad and grandma used to live in Lincoln and they used to take me to the cathedral because that's the only thing to do in Lincoln. There was a, the cathedral and the crystal shop. Okay. Brilliant places, both of them. Wait, wait. What's the crystal shop? Like a shop where you buy crystals. Okay. I fucking love crystals. Nice. Like agates and stuff. Love them. Sweet. Anyway, so we, and they take me to the, those two places, and I was obsessed. And like in the all the carvings of like, yeah, basically like hellish scenes, right? Like gothic carvings and stuff. Nice. And I was like, I just love them. And there's this little imp, and you see him like there's, he's like a massive tourist piece of junk really mm. but like there's this little imp and there's loads of cast been made of him and like people buy him when they go to Lincoln they buy a little plaster cast and I just loved it mm. and I draw I draw my little imp imp princesses and he was like a little devil he had, he, had, he had horns oh. and one leg and it's just all around legend and so yeah I loved that I think kids love the dark stuff oh I love the dark stuff yeah. I think that like more people should That's write... That's why I love Bosch so much. Ronimus Bosch. That song is great. I mean, it's one yeah. Of my absolute fame. And that painting is fuckity up. Yeah. Uh, I, love, uh, I still do that one quite a lot. I still it's like such a good one. song. Kids love, like, Henry VIII cutting off his wife's heads and stuff. Like, the horrible <laughs> yeah. histories. Like, and I, I always... Like, Roald Dahl was the big one for me. Mm. And what is the, the yeah, key... Yeah, same. The I'm key obsessed mess- with Roald Dahl as well. Well, you're kind of... You've got a, you've got a very Matilda-esque quality, I oh, think. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is you have telekinesis... Oh, and your parents Harry don't Wilson. love you. Um, but what I was going to say... <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, what I was going to say is that, like, um, what the central message of all Roald Dahl books is some grown-ups are bad. Yeah. Which is probably the darkest thing you can tell a child. It is. But kids kids are so able to take that kind of complicated... They are, they are. We treat kids too much like they're kids sometimes, I think, you know. Mm. Like, the the darkness is where... Like, kids love Halloween. They love zombies. They love yeah. mummies. They love that stuff. Buffy. Buffy, yes. Mm. Your boyfriend's dad is a big fan. We're going to tie it my back bo- in. My boyfriend's dad is a teenage girl, basically. <laughs> he right. likes he likes all the things. That, like, if, if there's something out now that mm. a teenage girl, he would love it. Nice. He just loves... Anything aimed at that demographic. Does he read young adult novels? Probably. I actually don't know what he reads. <laughs> does he? <laughs> I would not be surprised. Does he know if he's one of the Divergent? <laughs> I don't know. I don't what know. That I means. Was, it was a, some film that was made. <laughs> I mean, he pro- he know he definitely knows more about youth culture than I do. Is he is he pro Edward or <laughs> Jacob? Edward. <laughs> is he called Jacob? Jacob. Yeah. Jacob and Edward. Yeah. Those are your only options. I did not know it was Jacob. Jacob. I don't know why that surprised me so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the most shocking part of that book. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about, I thought you were talking about Jedward. No. <laughs> why would I be talking about Jedward? I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, are you, what? What? Well, you might have to cut that bit out. We'll cut a bunch of this stuff out because we're, we're both of us spiraling to not make any sense. Let's go back to childhood. So, so basically... The thing about the cathedral is interesting because I think that a lot yeah. of our first ideas of art comes from they the church, did. comes from religion. It did. And, and I did go to church as a kid, right. but not like the churches my parents were members of were these very sort of, well, it was this place called Christ Church. We went, we went to one in New Maldon where we used to live and then we moved to Surbiton and then we went to that same, the same sort of type of church. I don't know what the right terminology is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and they were both like, 
completely anti... Like, they were both in old... What was the Surbiton one? was in a Victorian church, like, very dark. Mm. So that... I never associated, like, church with art. Mm. But the cathedral was nothing to... Like, Lincoln Cathedral was nothing to do with church. Mm. It's, like, two completely different well, I, things. I, I think religion owes so much to art. Like, all the religions of the world are just kind of... Riding on the backs. Actually, of and I went on. I went artists. on some incredible school trips to, like RE school trips. Mm. Were great. <laughs> the best thing about RE, right. which is generally rubbish, but like that, we went on some really nice school trips to. We went to like all the different religions that we could find in the area. Mm. So we we went to like a Hin- and the Hindu temple is I've forgotten the name of it, but it's the most one of the most amazing places I've ever been mm. and it's like in Surrey and it's, <laughs> and it's and it's it's the most highly decorated oh it's just incredible and then you've got like and I went to the Alhambra in Spain on a on a school trip as well mm. I think everything I like about art I learned on like school trips that weren't art trips that's interesting <laughs> they were like other culture trips that's so cool culture trip <laughs> right easy. so it's almost like if, if someone sat you down and tried to make you addicted to art they would fail but by just yeah. sending you out into the world I also had a book um okay. going back to religion actually weirdly enough mm. and she died recently I think do you know oh. sister Wendy I know the name yeah she was a nun who did documentaries about art and I had a book called Sister Wendy's A Thousand Masterpieces, I think. Hmm. And I w- and it had like just all the greats in it, and like and like a lot. It was quite uh, religious bent, but it had like some really modern stuff in it as well as really like. And I would just spend hours and hours like looking through that. Mm. I think my connection was that my father's father was this brilliant artist. Mm. He was William William Trumbull. The first, my dad is the second, William Trumbull. Uh, I might actually, I've got, I've got my brother saying it on my phone. This is terrible podcasting, but I've got some <laughs> pictures on my phone of my granddaddy's art. I never knew this guy. He died when my dad was 19, and he was this Grimsby based oh, wow. artist. And he had so many, he would do these, so many different styles, like these pictures of old shipyards. I bet these are in my museum. No, they're not. Some of these. They're not, though. That's the thing, because all these paintings are collected by the family. And they don't want them out there. Really? So they're kind of... But then he also did these beautiful landscapes of, like, Yorkshire. This is the kind of thing we've got loads of. He would do etches. I mean, they're really special and amazing. And he had... Also, he had, like, periods. He had, That's like, he, really gorgeous. He, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I was going to ask you as, like, a connoisseur to rate my... Hey, I mean, you hey. shout on my daddy's bitchin' cave, <laughs> cave painting joke earlier. <laughs> Your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> don't you be... Don't you be... No, I sassing, my sassing my daddy. Um, but be, I wouldn't dream of it. But then also he did a lot of stuff with like, he would have these different wow. phases where he would just draw Japanese women and he would paint them on uh, 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 metal and uh, uh, yeah. crockery. And he did metal work as well. He'd do these shields. He did the shields for the Grimsby Dock Tower, which is this very <laughs> famous dock tower in uh, Grimsby. And look, like, he, like he's got different styles, different periods yeah. of time. Like, he's done copper. He works copper into things. Experimental things. Yeah. And so, basically, he was this prolific artist. And we, my brother and I, we would be drawing. And our our grandmother, who we did know, would, like, encourage us and collected everything we drew and stuff. And the house was just surrounded by all this art. But the town had skipped a generation. My dad isn't artistic at all. He's a lexicographer. You know, he writes the Oxford English Dictionary. 
which is super cool in its I mean, own that's way. That's amazing. I'm, yeah, that's pretty sexy. It's that. Oh, see, it's fifty-fifty. The yeah. people I the people I tell that half of them are like, oh, okay, and then oh, the other I half are like, dictionary. I want to bang your dad. <laughs> 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 in fact, in fact, no, I, I will show you something that will make you want to bang my dad. Um, <laughs> hashtag want to bang my dad. Um, <laughs> bear with, bear with, bear with. Okay, <laughs> but no, he he has no artistic uh, capability at all, except for this one watercolor we have of uh, Yosemite Falls, the Ooh. the waterfall that we saw in Yosemite. But and so we used to have that on the mantelpiece at our house, and we would always just be like, "See, you can, see, you can, you can do it, man!" Like he, had, he that, had a really what? lovely watercolor that he did. I think everyone has. Honestly, like I'm one of these like lovey dovey people who thinks everyone can do it. Right. Like on like honestly, and I know and I know not everyone wants to, and that's also fine. Mm. Like no one should make Is you Is this why you're quite you're quite cautious to criticise? Like I asked you if there's any arts yeah. you didn't like and you're kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of easy to please and <sighs> Well, I have to I have to I am a bit of a you know, I told you off for calling me a snob earlier, but Yeah. I am I can be extremely snobbish when it comes to like or at least I was when I was in college, because mm. we were kind of encouraged to be, um, very <laughs> snobbish about commercial art versus, I guess, the kind of stuff you see in the national galleries, mm. the big galleries, like the Tate and all that. But like the stuff you see in provincial galleries, a lot of that I will turn my nose up at very okay. quickly. Okay. And like I went through a period of really hating... Uh, I like some good oil painting okay but i hate acrylic paintings yeah oh well that was the only type of painting that i could do it's the only type i did either so but I, have, I didn't really I, paint until i, have I no did patience and I did it dries print, quicker i did print making <laughs> and i love print i still i like i just want to i love prints <gasps> oh that's a question i've never asked you do you do you make art not anymore no but did you i did yeah are you good i mean i was gonna, say, I was, I was gonna ask bloody you, great you're great <laughs> well, no, I want to see. No, send us I, some stuff, and we'll post well, it on the podcast. Like I want, oh, yeah. because you know, you 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 songs about. I think art I've history. still got a Tumblr still still out there somewhere right. with all of my final pieces from university. Me too. I, I I have a I have a, a final piece that I did where I I mixed Turner and Turner and Escher. Whoa! So it was like a Turner at the top. It was long. It was tall. Yeah. And it would be like a Turner at the top, and then it went over like a waterfall into an Escher mm. kind of water. So the, the waterfall was all wow, Eschery, and there was like Turner water falling into it and yeah. stuff, things like that. Here's the picture that's going to make you love my dad. Oh yeah. Oxford University <gasps> Press professionals team <laughs> university challenge, bitches. Oh my God. And he look O U P Trumbull. He's the one on the end there, and Incredible. he's the cool one on the team because he was the guy who got all the sports questions right. Oh, Which what means an all-rounder. He's the jock of the nerds. The jock of the n- what a place to be. Yeah, man, he's a he's a boss. All right, so I think my dad's <sighs> reputation has been restored. Oh God, yeah. Thank you. He doesn't need to be funny. He's got so much else going for him. Now you want to call him daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's late. Okay, um, no, but uh, so so you 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 don't do art anymore. No, but and as but as I was saying earlier, I I kind of feel like I am because I'm doing because I'm being so creative with my with my comedy. And that, you see that as art as well, because oh, the, the, definitely. Because well, I think I say I somebody see, said that to me the other day that we, I see that, we it as art. that we think it's art, and it's like, what do you mean we think it's art? Well, it, it is, is and art, it isn't. You know, because like people people make stuff. I, I honestly don't think like. You should make things and think this is art or this is not. I I think that judgment is sort of like 
for other people to decide, mm. like, if it's art or not. Mm. As long as I'm writing something or doing something or... Because I don't have the physical space to, to draw, but I also don't have the sort of... I don't have any feel, any need to do it. And, like, when I... I did go through, I go through like, phases and... But I haven't had a drawing phase in a long time. I hope I can still do it. Mm, but I, like, I think the last time I drew consistently was probably five years ago. And I haven't, I haven't really drawn anything since then. My job is that I, draw, I do storyboards for mm. commercials, which means I do artwork that nobody ever sees, mm-hmm. that nobody gives a shit about, you know, and it's, it's probably one of the most soul-destroying things ever. And I was working on a comic book for a few years before I started comedy, and it's never been, like, released, but I worked mm. very hard on that. Yeah. But the last yeah. three years, I think, could have something to do with, like, going through depression for a bit, mm. but I haven't... That was how I knew I was depressed, because I stopped being able to draw. I couldn't physically wow. do it. I would try. I would have a blank piece of paper in front of me. And I, as I said, I used to run home from school every day. Mm. So I want to try and get back. I like Kind of like you. Like you say, you haven't drawn in five years. That's kind of the same mm. timeline for me. And it's like this 2019, I think we should try and just try and get the, like draw something that doesn't, that has no purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose never, never mattered that much to me. Although to be fair, like, I think it's just part of, part of growing up. Like, mm. yes, I probably, if I had no deadline type motivation like for example the edinburgh fringe Hmm. like even if i had none of that i have a feeling i would still be making stuff but boy does it help to have a something to aim for yeah and and so and it is it is soul destroying when you make something that no one's gonna see yeah because it really like i think what's the point of it there's a yeah yeah because it's tricky because you a lot of a lot of people see like that that need for an audience as something Impure. Yeah, it's so stupid. And and yeah, you get these amazing artists that are sort of discovered after they're dead, who've created created their whole lives, and never shown it to anyone, or because whether they wanted to or not, it's never really been seen. Um, and so you sort of think, wow, they were creating without that motivation Mm. to be seen. I I used to live with a girl who was an artist as well mm. and she would just sit there while we were watching tv just sketching she just mm. w- wouldn't not be sketching it was just what she did i was I've always had such an admiration for that kind of purity of mission mm. it was just that's what i do and she did, did things like inktober and stuff oh, do you know what I mean where it's that? like ink, inktober i'm gonna do it this year uh, it's where you do a line with like you do a, a, a pen an ink drawing oh, every day yeah. of october and you post it on the internet yeah. and it, you have to do it every oh, day you have to it. make a piece of art every mm. day even if it's just a sketch or a doodle mm. i love that again i just I, I i think maybe i'm just being nostalgic i just yearn for that i know well because it's an amazing it's a release it's weird there is something weirdly physical about it and yeah like the, in during my last sort of sustained drawing phase five, mm-hmm. five years ago I did do it every day and it was really like a sort of oh I must I must do it I must create uh, yeah and and I was doing portraits of people that was all I did for mm. that phase that's nice and it was I loved it and I wish I, I should have just carried on I was never good, very good at portraits I didn't I didn't think I was either but then mm. after you do a few you mm. get really good <laughs> yeah. honestly like some of them were were such good likenesses. I like I surprised myself. Like oh. I didn't know I could do that either. It's all about finding finding. Like my brother, he I don't think he ever really got into it because he he drew this one picture of our granny, oh. um, our mum's mum. But he hated it forever. Cause, in fact, because it just looked like something out of Planet of the Apes. It was just he made a, <laughs> he just made her look like a monkey. 
it was, and you know, what I mean? and I think he still lives with that shame. He may brought it up like two weeks ago. He and made his granny people, a monkey, and that's why people think they can't do art is because someone laughed at a drawing that they did. Yeah, I wish I could do funny drawings. Like I love. I've never been able to do cartoons, and I've always envied people who can. Like, like that's interesting. some people, like my boyfriend, is a he doesn't like he doesn't draw in any sort of professional capacity, but he's a bit of a doodler. Nice. And they're always hilarious, <laughs> just because they look so stupid. Does he do you funny cards and things? He does. Yeah, kind of. That's that's good boy shit. That, that, that's good. That's good. Well, he, boyfriend does, he doesn't do them like material for any special. Like he wouldn't remember to do me like a birthday card okay but he'll he'll just do me like some sort of weird little creature and just randomly one day and it'll make my day and it's great and they're so funny and i got a friend from school who she, she was a bit of my muse kind of actually because I, I ended up painting her for my one of my final pieces in school and um but anyway and she could she was you know she didn't do art as a subject mm. but yeah and she but she doodle and they were always so funny because I think she could have been like, like a cartoonist, like a mm. like a Family Guy or whatever. Like right, she could have yeah. made one of those shows, like just from how just they were unique. It was like the Far Side comics. Yeah, like, it felt like it wasn't just like because me and my brother would do cartoons, but it, we were very obviously copying like Calvin mm. and Hobbes. Yeah, these people aren't cop- they're just they're just they just draw things and they're funny. I don't I don't know how that's something that I've never been able to do. I, I can draw pretty faithfully a scene. Or mm. someone's face, and I did great drawings, which got me into art school, and then realised quite quickly that being a good drawer is not at all what art is about. <laughs> that's so <laughs> like, funny. It's really not what it's about. Well, oh, that's the, that's really interesting because the other word that I considered using instead uh-huh. of connoisseur was aesthete. Same thing, isn't it? Uh, no, aesthete means that you ha- uh, have a passion for art and beauty. It's oh. aesthetically oh, passionate, but we all know beauty is art something is not that necessarily they smack beautiful. out of you straight away. Yes, art does it's not very need to be beautiful. Art should not be beautiful. In fact, I hate beautiful art. Ooh, tell us, tell, tell, tell <laughs> say more because that is really interesting. <laughs> this is, well, is this the devil of you coming out again? The uh, I don't think so. I think it's a you positive know what? thing. Fuck beauty. I think beauty is the devil. <gasps> That's Ooh, what I think. It's a good Tim Minchin song about beauty. Beauty yes. is a harlot. It's a, it's such a good <laughs> song. Check it out. Mention. Oh, I, I think do do you? I think are you ever going to go full mention? I want I, to. I yeah. think in five years you should have a full orchestra. Like I'm calling you. I'm calling my next show a musical, which oh. is which is probably highly silly because it's not one. Because mm. I think officially a musical has to have more than one person in it, and also has to have dance. I'll dance in it. Numbers. I do. Thank I do. You. Lindy Hop. <laughs> Do you know you want to do a little, a little swing finger, a little, little, little twenties Charleston, sassy, little yeah. sassy hand in yeah. the back. You can do it for two minutes. Call it a musical. <laughs> I'm calling it a musical. I don't care. Yeah. Um, or I could be the, just the guy at the end who just goes, "Good night, folks," and that's the end. That like technically it's a musical. Yeah. I mean, I was very tempted to try and go all the way to opera because I think tech. Ooh. I think technically an opera is just something where there's no talking. Mm. It's just completely just sung all the way through. Ooh, and I thought that would be a hilarious thing for a comic to try and yes. achieve. Yes. But I, I haven't managed it with this one. <laughs> <laughs> There's just... Well, there, there are some... I've seen some comics on the stand-up circuit who do opera. Two little snippets, yeah. yeah Chelsea. Yeah. Well, um, not just Chelsea, but uh, some, oh, some, new, some new people as well have started doing it. Yeah. So it's like it's become almost a subgenre in itself. No. Yeah, I, I know. Like I think I know like three, opera, comics. three opera singing comics. Uh, I can't remember their names. I just I've, I've, okay, I've just, just seen, seen them. them. I think I've got within, a few. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh no, oh, no, no. I've I've seen no male. No, no male. They're all ones. filmmakers, love. Because there is um, <laughs> there is um, Lloyd Griffith. Have you seen Lloyd Griffith? No. He's a brilliant comedian. I think you'd really like him, actually. Well, I mean, is it a little full disclosure because it's going to come up repeatedly throughout the podcast? I don't know a lot of comedians. See, neither um, do I, I. I. I'm one of the. I don't have a lot of influences in UK comedy, which I think is an oh, asset. Yeah, you're an Americanophile, aren't you? A little you? bit of an Americanophile, but also just because I, I haven't really watched TV in the last 10 years. I didn't know who <laughs> James Acaster was until three years ago. Everyone I talk to just looks at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, actually, it's good because it means I'm not impersonating James Acaster. So many people are. Right. Bloody hell. Right. Oh, my jays. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but who was the person you were recommending to me? Lloyd Griffith. Okay. Who does singing, or at least he used to do singing in his, and he talks about cathedrals. <gasps> he's, he's really great. He does this, he did, I don't think he does it anymore, but his, his club set used to be like 90% cathedral based. <laughs> and I saw, and he's, he's one of these comedians that I, I've weirdly seen before. He's just one bad day away from 100% Because I barely saw any comedy, live comedy, before I started doing it myself. Right. Barely yeah. any. But this guy I'd seen randomly one evening in my parents' local club. That's crazy. And they were like, let's go see... I think uh, Milton Jones was on. I think he was the headliner and they love him. Yeah, Lloyd Griffiths. And he just blew my socks off. And Ed Gamble was on as well, but he's like, you know, take it or leave it. But like, (laughs) he was great. But I just was blown away by Lloyd Griffiths. Yeah, he did this amazing set where he'd... And I think that probably did sort of subconsciously inspire inspire me because it was so niche. Mm. And it just went down so well. It was basically just test my knowledge of cathedrals. Well, this is interesting because this is two so times. Funny. This is twice now that you've mentioned your first your first intro to art or comedy was Cathedral Light. Oh my god! We are making connections here, people. That is crazy. It's like yeah, when when you finally lose your mind, we will look for you in the cathedral. Yes, that's amazing. Did you ever notice that? No. So your first influence of stand-up comedy and of just art in general have come via the Satan. Um. <laughs> hey, he's a nice guy. He's yeah. not Satan. He's an influence on many. No, but like, artists. and also like Lloyd Griffith is a a chorister. Oh. So and he has a beautiful voice. See, that's the other. And thing. he does the choir stuff in his set, or at least he used to. Mm. I don't want to like tar him with that brush because I think he's one of these comics that gets asked to do that set, right? Yeah. And it really pisses him off. Okay. And I. I get that. It's his hot pockets. I get that. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to be that person who's like, oh, this is the, this is the only thing this guy does. Because mm. he also does excellent jokes. Okay. But the singing and the cathedrals bit just drew me right in. I was like, wow, you can write about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think, or, 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 yeah, it's not only you can write about anything, you can write about what you want to write yeah. about. Which is something that more comedians should learn. As opposed to oh, what's definitely. the thing? What's the latest thing that I need to? Oh, uh, Alexa! I'll do a bunch yeah, of Alexa jokes. And just like, I'm allergic nah. to that. Yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, uh, you touched on something there which I really like, which is that he's actually a really good singer. Yeah, you are a really good singer. You have a lovely voice. I do try. You, no, because that's the thing. You said you you envy people that can do cartoons or whatever. Well, yeah. You say, yeah, I envy anyone with any musical. That's my, I'm very mm. happy with my skill set. Mm. I have a lot of talents. 
but I just wish I could sing oh, and maybe play it is acoustic pretty great. guitar. I know, and I, and I have to work singing into my jokes. Have you seen like my set in the last year? There's a yeah. bunch of like sung bits which I just I have a joke where I where I sing the first the entire first verse to "You Can Call Me Owl by Paul Simon. Yeah, um, I think I've uh, seen that. Yeah, uh, I've, I've I have a whole Sigaros bit. Which is me going, I really like this band. You got that impression down. I know. That's and my brother my brother heard it and was like, Do you know what's great about that? It's actually a really good impression. <laughs> You know, so I, I I find myself literally writing jokes just to allow myself. You could myself. be the next Jess Robinson. But with I those impressions. But I lose my voice two days into every fringe, so I could never be oh. a singer. Oh well, that's see. I don't think I've got the strongest, the most robust of voice boxes right. either. But like, all you have to <laughs> what I've learned from working in a library is that if you don't talk to anyone all day, you have a great voice. I think that's why I'm allowed to shout on stage. But I lose my voice at the fringe because at the fringe you're just bumping into your friends day. all day talking. Yeah, which is, and I, I learned this the hard way by doing the fringe, is that you just have to like, it goes beyond just like, oh, you have to look after yourself oh, by God. eating properly, la la la. And yet you can you can do all of that and you can look after yourself and you can not drink so much and it it has to go beyond that. You have to ignore people. And so I ended up, so many days, I ended up just sitting on my own in the same <laughs> Thai restaurant not purposefully not talking to anyone. Me too. Because I I'd, I'd, I have to scream at the I'd beginning of my it. set and I can't do it after three days. Yeah. The as, whole as act soon is as that. I felt like the tiniest tinge of like hoarseness, I'd just like squirrel myself away somewhere and oh, just... That sounds so lonely. It was. it Like that is my overriding... I've, emotion from the Edinburgh Fringe is loneliness. Me too. I, I, this year especially, it's not an easy A lot thing of my do. friends were there, but mm. they were all drunk or on drugs from the beginning mm. of the day onwards, and I was looking after my mental health yeah. and my body. So it just meant I was just I was like surrounded by friends, but feeling lonely. It's horrible even, feeling. Like, Stephen, even the people that that do the drugs and hang out all day, mm. they still feel lonely. Good. How weird is that? That's very. Like what? so, it's it's almost. Why did we do this? I don't, I don't know. Why we? Why did we do this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't like travelling very much either. No, or, or, or loud loud noises and crowds and <laughs> stairway. I don't I, like steps. Edinburgh's full I of hate steps. Laughter. It's I just hate awful. Humans. Yeah. Also, Scottish people. Hey. Why is every husband? Everyone. Why is every husband in Edinburgh furious? Husband just walk, just walking down the Royal Mile. It's just every husband is just ready to go. But no, it's horrible. Yeah, you're right. Why do we do? Is this is it an artist thing? Do you think? What being lonely? No, um, forcing yourself to do something that's uncomfortable. I mean, lonely, sure. If you want yeah, to, yeah. No, I think. Well, I think the forcing comes from just the slightly unfortunate aspect of these are our platforms. But yeah, it just it just so happens do you, do you that feel, it's the best it's the best platform. Do you for... feel lonely often? Are you a lonely person? Generally? Um, outside of Edinburgh, mm, no, I don't feel lonely often because I'm I'm not alone very much, which I'm very lucky because hmm. um, I've got my boyfriend who I live with, and nice. he's very comforting presence, and <laughs> also my family are close by as well. I I feel like I'm 
if I was left to my own devices, I'd be even I'd be less social sociable than I am. Mm. I don't feel like I I'm a particularly. I think I would be okay with a little bit of loneliness. But then, having said that, if I gave up, if I gave up my, because I I don't talk to my colleagues very much, for example. Mm. But it's kind of like an unwritten thing. You talk amongst, to the books. Amongst <laughs> the books, <are laughs> yeah, your friends. Talk to the books. Um, yeah, this nineteenth-century sailor. as time. No. Um, if I gave up my job and was sitting in the flat all day or in Starbucks or wherever comedians sit. Um, <laughs> Only if, those two places. If I was doing that, I think I'd go get really lonely and quite mad. Yeah. But they hang out, don't they, with each other? Do comedians hang out with each other during well, the day? Well, I, 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 I had um, Billy Stone here the yeah. other day to record and he said, um, yeah, <laughs> we, should, we should get coffee or something. Like, and I was like, yeah, let's get coffee. And I realised, you, you say you have friends <coughs> on the comedy circuit, but friends are people who you choose to see. Mm. Comedians are people who you just you just see because they're there. And yeah, some of them I'm happier to see than others. Completely. And I count those as friends. Oh. <laughs> I like how I assumed I was one of them. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That would be so harsh. Like, except you, Stephen Trumbull. That's fine. Um, I have a podcast now. But like, yeah, because I'm really weirdly squeamish about asking people to do things yeah. with me like even my old friends i'm like oh they don't want to hear from me Aww. i mean they always do and i'm always wrong about that yeah. and I, I think i'd be wrong about that in in a like trying to try to forge deeper friendships with comedians i don't know what it is i think i i, I did a gig the other day and one of my absolute i love louisa on milan and she <laughs> was doing a bit of new material at the beginning and to be fair she had quite a tough time because they were like brand new jokes and it was mm. tough. Which is, it's, that's kind of lovely to see. Yeah. Somebody yeah. who's great, yeah. struggling like everyone else and you kind of go, oh, okay, thank fuck. It fuck. was one of those moments. Lovely. And I, and I was so like, I really wanted to introduce myself, but I just, there was uh, this like weird, I was just. You're Harriet Brain. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I chickened the fuck out. No. And it's like, and it's just that, and it's like, it's that weird, like, it took me right back to school when you're like too shy to speak to someone it's really mm. weird oh like when you're like too shy to talk to like that older older girl that you really admire yeah or whatever. yeah <sighs> took me right back there i was a shy boy i was very shy my my big problem is people outside of comedy i, I do swing dancing mm. and i don't because of comedy i barely ever get back there mm. to do like social they, they, they do things called socials and there's this class every Wednesday that I go to, and I'm really good friends with everyone there. Yeah. And they're really nice to me, but they're really normal. They're really uncomedian-y. <laughs> so they're normal. really nice to me. Like, like the, the you know... And uh, I hadn't seen them in over a month. Like, just the other day, I went... One of them moved to Spain, so I had to kind of go... I was, like, invited to drinks. Mm. And I was this close to not going. Like, I was two hours late. I was editing a podcast. And it was exactly that thing of, like, oh, they don't want to see... They don't want to yeah. see me. Yeah. And I went, and it was the nicest. Oh my god, Harriet! Like just, <laughs> just like happy to see me. Steve's here. It's not like oh, Tromble. Ah, fucking. <laughs> like it wasn't just like the comedian WhatsApp group lad, horror lad, show. Lad. Just like nasty. Oh, I'm not you know, in any WhatsApp groups. With fuck comedians. you, Tromble. Yeah, it wasn't like that. You know, <laughs> it, and it was like it was like. Wait, are you being bullied? No, I'm allowing put, myself to, to be bullied. To I hate bullies. They were so like... But anyway, yeah, lovely were, yeah. swing dancing people. They were so nice. I and imagine was, swing and dancers would be very nice people. They're lovely. Mm. They're lovely. And, and like I, I kind of came away feeling 
interesting and funny and attractive and liked. And I was like, yo, you could actually choose to spend time with people who make you feel like that. Oh, what an indulgence, though. Yeah, I know. Then you feel guilty for that. I'm trying to watch my figure right now uh, with my... (laughs) My ego is quite fat at the moment. My my heart is just obese at the moment. (laughs) Medically. It's medically obese. (laughs) i got to... Pre-diabetes self-esteem. Got to mm. keep it down, keep the sugar yeah, down. That's a great feeling, though. Oh. It's lovely. Yeah, so we should do more of that. This has gotten kind of nice and... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost don't want to kind of keep asking questions about art galleries Con- and stuff. Connoisseurship. Yeah, do you have anything yeah. else you want? We, 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 we can move on to the um, the game at the end. Sure. Um, but if you have anything else you want to say about I art... Mean, I was going to... We touched briefly on... Aesthete. Aesthete. Aesthete and connoisseur. <laughs> because I had always thought of them as the same thing. And then we and then beauty. Because yeah, like the the word connoisseur like immediately sort of says to me, like, oh a taste maker mm. or But it could mean food. It did, I think it it does mean food a you, lot of the one time. One of my favourite your songs is Bauhaus. It's all oh, about yeah. like chairs and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I like the Barbican because of the brutalist architecture mm. and stuff. In fact, I, I've written down, I went and saw Paul Clay's exhibition mm. uh, a couple of years ago and I don't remember any of the pictures. He's like an expressionist mm. for the listeners. She knows. But it's like a... It's a <laughs> she knows. A strange Paul Clay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. She knows. I um, actually do. <laughs> 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 but he, I really like Paul Clay, mm. uh, but I can't remember any of his pictures visually. So the whole aesthete thing goes out the window. I just remember his titles are really beguiling. He, his, uh, I wrote a couple of them down, but my favourite one that I remembered is... This is my favourite name of anything ever. It's called uh, Once More Betrayed All the Way Down to the Ground. Wow. I, I want to read that short story. Did he nick that from something? I don't know, because it's also been translated into English. Oh, He's not yes. an English guy. But yeah. somehow they're just so great. I got one. I got um. See, are some other ones that I found was he from Swiss. I think he, I think he was German, oh, something like that. But I've googled uh, other names. He also did one called Fish Magic. <laughs> Tell me you don't want to buy that on vinyl. Fish Blood Magic. Blood sugar baby. <laughs> Fish Magic. Fish Magic. I've got um. Mask of Fear. Mm. That's a good one. Ghost of a Genius. Oh. Very good. Uh, heroic Strokes of the Bow. <laughs> I mean that, that sounds that's his uh, that's, bit... that's his wanky period yeah, that one um, girl in mourning oh. uh, there's one that's just called struck from the list oh, wow. these sounds like they sound like poems they sound like poem titles they sound like yeah that. song titles poem titles but I think that the, the point I'm trying to make mm. torturedly is that like sometimes you don't know how you're going to react yeah. to a piece of art no you don't that's true and I think that's something that is really good about art school is that yeah I think that's why I'm not very judgmental about or like I I kind of like to think that I can appreciate art even if I wouldn't I don't know put it in my living room mm-hmm. it, because or especially if I wouldn't put it in my living room it's there's so much like the history of like beauty and people's perception of beauty is so like once you really go into it, it's actually quite disgusting, <laughs> and like, and it's because because all of and all of you this mean kind of is like primal and sexual. No, no, like well, yeah, pro- like the male gaze, etc. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, so I'm not even talking about human like, physical beauty, and like, oh god, who are those? There's an amazing collective of artists who did that. I think there's two of them. Oh, I wish I could remember any bloody names. <laughs> um, these two artists who did the most amazing experiment, and they asked people 
what their dream painting would would have, and uh-huh. and everyone chose the same thing. Really? Yeah. What was it? They they like got loads of data, and then they painted the the, the dream painting. And oh, it was they bas- painted everyone's dream painting as yeah, one. Yeah, but painting. it was all the same. Yeah, That's everyone so wanted basically a seascape. Wow. Everyone likes blue. Yeah. Fair enough. Blue's a great colour. Yeah. Everyone wants something wide, open, Mm. relaxing. This is why every film poster... Inspiring. Every film poster, they have mathematical equations for what's going to sell more tickets. And if it's a comedy, it's red lettering against white, boring as shit. And if it's an action film, it's orange and blue and some big heads. And once you appreciate that you're being manipulated, Mm. you you can't see art in in the same way. Wow. Because that's really what it is. Especially, especially, Well, yeah, because especially <laughs> in the commercial... And that's why I think I'm suspicious of commercial art. Hmm. Is because... Well, I mean, I suppose it's a reason to be unsuspicious of it as well. Is because it's so, so, it's like it's the, so transparently doing it. The best thing it, Van Gogh be, ever did was to, die to before he got famous. So you don't feel manipulated Van Gogh by was him. a complete one-off. Like, he hmm. was not... Like, he was one of these sort of pure types hmm. that was... That was sort of doing it. I mean, yeah, he had, he was trying to be an artist and he was trying to sell his stuff and he was a huge connoisseur himself. Mm. He loved art and the history of art and so did his brothers. He really was just in his complete own. He's the OG. He's, he's, his he's the real thing. own world. And he'd paint something and literally only he thought it was good. No one else <laughs> thought that, it was any good, oh, so crazy. except for maybe Gauguin. He liked it, yeah. but he—I feel—I keep feeling like Gauguin, like he only liked it as like a joke. I feel like I think like, Van Gogh was basically like a joke. That's so crazy, though. Do you know what that means? It means every because, comedian because out there was, who we think is a complete because, psychopath because is probably so, a genius. He was so unmanipulative. I think he was—he right. wasn't trying to make people feel. Well, he mm. was because all of his feelings just came out in paint if he wanted to make things people liked he would have made completely different things mm. yeah because people did not like it <laughs> that should be uh, hope for us all artists <laughs> yeah. don't you think if, hey, if you're out there and everybody thinks that you're terrible a joke yeah. maybe you're the greatest artist who ever lived yeah that's great I like that I think there's a well earned romanticism around it oh yeah it's not often that you get a guy who bears up to scrutiny. He had... He just had so... He was so ill. No. Well, that was that. He was yeah. so ill. That's yeah. the only way to really put it. Yeah. Well, I think... I, I think that's the perfect uh, phrase to end <laughs> our conversation on, on art. Um, we end the podcast with a... Uh, a I kind of a little game where I ask you to tell me something that you, you don't love that everyone else seems to love. And then follow that up with something that you do love and just try and sell it to me and stuff. And it could be about art or it could not be about art, whatever mm. you want. And I'm interested to hear this because you've, uh, something that you've I don't set love. yourself up as someone who yeah. is very hard to, <laughs> it's very hard to create that feeling in you. I think something, something that I, I don't understand why people like these as much as they do. Mm. Because I used to, it's video games. Mm. I used to love games as a kid. Yeah. Like I, I'd be on the computer for hours. Any old, any old rubbish for what, free. That what I was get. your, what was your um, uh, platform? Just oh god, just this website. So, so like online games. Yeah, or, online yeah, games. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't have like an N sixty four. I didn't Gold have any consoles. My parents would not buy me mm. or my sister a console. 
they had this thing. only cathedrals. They had a thing only against cathedral them. trips. <laughs> no, because my cousins would all have them, and then we'd go around and like, you know, get our fix on their on, and then and then we got like their hand me down Game Boys and stuff. Like I had like that yellow brick Game Boy oh. like, for years and years and years, and I I really loved it. That's lovely. And I loved Pokemon. I used to play Pokemon all the time mm. on that, and then yeah, but mostly I just played like these like free shitty like online games, and I really enjoyed them. Mm. But then at some point, I just stopped. And and didn't like them anymore. Yeah. And I haven't played I haven't played video games since I was a teenager, so it's been like a good twelve years. And now I just don't. It's they're gone, so it's much better so now. Much. Also, like, but like, I don't understand so why people like them. But it's super <laughs> ironic because nowadays I think they're a so gamer boring. would tell you yeah. that they've become a form of art. Oh, that, they're them... wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> We finally got it. We finally. Well, this is what I'm saying about we like. Finally got an unforgiving call, word calling, to come out of. Uh, but like <laughs> saying say, saying something is or isn't art is so arbitrary. Like it yeah, is yeah. to you or it isn't to you. To mm, me, mm. video games. I mean, to be fair, I haven't played many. But oh. also, like, when like, I because my boyfriend drug. plays a lot. Of, he's a he's a connoisseur of games. Right. And but it's something that we don't share. But that's fine. Do you think that's why it works? Do you think? Maybe. Do you, think, do you think if you were if you lived with this complete galois cigarette smoking art person that you would hate, hate that strangle person, each maybe. other in each other's sleep? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've never I've never liked that. I, I didn't like any of the boys at art college. Wow, didn't I, doesn't appeal. Okay, because yeah, like I I I am attracted to that sort of person as a friend mm. because I knew a lot of artists and musicians and stuff like that guys, and I was like. You're objectively so attractive, and yet <laughs> I've never want to fuck anyone less in my life. Because <laughs> there's something about, and it's probably true of, of girl artists as well. But I think that there's some there's a special arrogance about boy, yeah, about boy artists, yeah. musicians, mm. filmmakers, whatever yes. they happen to be. Yes, there's like a <laughs> special kind of arrogance <laughs> that I find very unsexy, Ooh. and a lot of women find it very sexy. The auteur. But it, oh, 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 I hate, oh, hate that. Oh, oh. Anyway, so I think if I was living with an auteur, I would go mad and probably kill them. Nice. Um, but yeah, games as art, I don't think, because they're not making them as art. Yes, you're right. It's the, uh, what do you think, call it commercial they're, art. They're so functional. Yes. They serve such a clear purpose. And I'm not saying that, because I love craft, and I think, like, functional art is derided, whereas I think, like, some of the, most beautiful art I've seen has been like wallpaper or mm. like a kitchen tile or like I love crafts <laughs> and I think gaming making a game is a craft and I guess that makes it not art in the strictest stricter sense but I also think most again I'm not talking about all games some games are genuinely beautiful maybe maybe if you want uh, there's a lot of creator creator owned games or like, I don't know if that's the term yeah. uh, you know like creator owned comics where they yeah. like somebody makes something and it's just they just make it because they're super cool and they know how to code and there's I think there's a great documentary called Indie Game the Movie <laughs> and it has and I highly recommend it to anyone I think you can watch it on Netflix or something like that but also has bar none one of the greatest soundtracks I think oh, it's an wicked. award-winning soundtrack, and I listen to it to work. It's such yeah. a good soundtrack, but it's all about people who just make games for the love of it, yeah. well, and there's a lot lovely. of art to be had there. I think I think that is fair enough, but like the sort of I've got nothing against it. I just don't I don't understand how people can can be so passionate 
about them. It's, mm. the, it's the passion that scares me. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's the passion that scares a lot of people. Yeah. That particular passion. And, like, and, I, and I think, not to constantly bring it back to like men being the problem with everything. Well, but Gamergate, like, Gamergate th- yeah, was that, huge. If that isn't enough to put anyone off, like it's, it's toxic. It's, it's something that I feel like I used to get, don't get any more, and really don't get. I mean, I, I respect people that make them like I respect people that make films or whatever. Or and she doesn't else. want to hear from you if you... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> if you have anything to say in rebuttal. I really don't. Yeah. I've never had that problem, which isn't an encouragement. I think that's a great one. That's that. a really good one. Especially coming from someone who, as we've described, is a true lover I don't, of art. I don't really get people are so obsessed with it. It's so zeitgeisty, like that mm. Fortnite dance. <laughs> like, it, like it, it's so everywhere. Well, people are living in them now. Like, was it Red yeah. Red Dead Redemption? Like, people are living in them. That's yeah. And you can that play with really a dog. Scares me. And like, and that it kind of it's like it's this like religious fervor about it. And people who like artists, it is a sort of cult of personality. I find yeah. quite scary as well. And I think that's something that I, that people like about my songs about artists is is that like like they're not like outright insulting <laughs> but they just completely knock them off the pedestal because hmm. they are silly people yes. artists are fucking silly people yeah. yes they are and i think people need to st- i hate geniuses <laughs> i hate the, like the concept of genius is is a terrible thing as is the concept of beauty um so yeah brilliant brilliant <laughs> i think uh, uh, brilliant last statement on that okay something you love oh i love nice smells <laughs> <laughs> i can spend hours in like a shop which has smells in it and just go around and smell things i'm so sorry i invited you to my house to do this <laughs> To do this podcast, I actually, I've I've had no offensive cool. whiffs. Just a natural musk, very no, very well, pleasant. Houses are strange though, because you get used to the smell instantly, even if there is one. So, like, so you like going to places where there's deliberately, like like a perfume shop or a place well, which has actually, fine things. Having said that, I think there's an ingredient in a lot of perfumes that makes me sneeze instantly. Hmm. So it's not I don't like perfume, and I don't wear perfume. Right. But I love, like, smelling, like, taking lids off things and smelling oh. them. <laughs> so, like, I love scented candles. Right. Even though they're a complete waste of space and... Like a good Christmas market with oh, lots of, like, yes. mulled wine and cider and... Yes. Yeah. Now you're talking... Chestnuts. Or, like, and, like little... <laughs> She's smiling so <laughs> wide right now. It's the loveliest thing. Like a spice rack. <gasps> so, like, I love... Like, I've got a very well-stocked spice rack. And I love just taking the lids off and sniffing them yeah. <laughs> and putting the lids back on. I love sniffing things. I'm a sniffer. And everyone knows this about you? Like, do, they, do people... Seb buy, knows that's what, people, that's what people should be buying you for fucking Christmas instead of joke books. Well, I got a few scented things this Christmas, Good. which I... Again, I'm very easily pleased. I'm like... What were the yeah, scents? Nice. Um, <laughs> I got one... I got a candle from my half-uncle. He got me a scented candle... It's, was it a black candle? Because that would be super cool. Cashmere and cocoa. Ooh. And I don't know what cashmere is supposed to smell like, but it smells good. Yeah. That's, it's a really nice candle, that This one. year I bought my sister, uh, the one with one who has two children, I bought her gin and tonic bubble bath. 
I bought that for my friend a it's few good. years ago. It's good. I think it must be like a wave. Was, it must be a fashionable thing She was thing obsessed right with it because she was, she was like, I did not expect this to smell exactly like gin and tonic. Yeah. But it does. But it's like, it's the one thing you kind of can't have because you have to keep two humans alive. So you can't be a, <laughs> yes. a spiralling drunk anymore. Oh God, yeah. Just soak in it. Just smell <laughs> for ages. And I had the most amazing, like Seb's parents um, bought this really expensive bath oil, which I don't think they meant for us to have. And I used it all up. Um, and it was just, it like made your bath smell of nutmeg. It was the most amazing Ugh. thing. Nutmeg's one of my faves. That's a, that's a good one. And I think that's like a legitimate, I think people used to smoke it or. Really? Like, yeah. Like, they used to smoke nutmeg? Nutmeg, nutmeg has legitimate drug, pro, drug, druggy properties. Really? Yeah. Look it up. That's, that, okay, well, that's some further reading. <laughs> oh my god! I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm correct in thinking that. Okay. Yeah, so, so you so you like going I around love, places. You like nutmeg. you like going into a shop and then coming out Smelling going, things. ooh, check out the rack on that. And, yes. And <laughs> you like nutmeg. You like uh, uh, the Smelling good. Things. What do you not like the smell of? Are there any <sighs> offensive smells to you? People like just the smell of each other if they've known each other for oh, a long time. Even like a natural, great. right? Yeah. Yeah, I love people smells. Mm. I love that film perfume with Ben Whishaw. Ben Whishaw. <laughs> I was like, this film really speaks to me. <laughs> he's like murdering he's people, killing all these people. I was like, I, I would totally do that if did it worked. The, did the imp with the horns tell you to do it? Mm. You know, do you fantasize yeah. about um, murdering? I don't actually. No, I know. I know a lot of people do fantasize about murdering people. Yeah. Um, I think I've possibly dreamt that I've killed someone before. Really? I think You've so. had a murder nightmare? I think I have, but it was sort of like a weird accident. I don't think that I've killed anyone in a dream. Oh, I think I have. I remember waking up once and thinking, bloody hell, I just killed someone. Wow. Oh, no, I didn't. It was just a dream. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, how'd you do it? What was your method? Do you have um, a vivid memory of it? What did it smell like? <laughs> uh, do I have smell dreams? I don't know if I smell things Does in anyone dreams. smell dreams? There's meant to be, there's got to be some, like, uh, you know, I, I, I remember the smell I think of, I do smell things in my you know, dreams. ex-girlfriends, perfumes Oh, and they're things. very, um, what's the word? Transport your mind. Yes. Places. Ratatouille. Yeah. Then there's some very specific smells that some people have that just instantly, like, when you smell it, you're like, oh, that person. Mm. But it's just a certain, like, body cream or deodorant. My Yeah, my, my brother used to kind of... He used to have a bit of a smell because he's the, mm. you know, he's the guy who used to eat the Yorkshire puddings as snacks. Did he smell of Yorkshire puddings? Well, he kind of just smelled of, like, not not making himself did, smell did nice. Did smell of batter? And obviously he's my twin brother and he was living with a friend of mine and I remember just hugging my brother and going, oh, he kind of... It's got this... It's such a musk. It's such a horrible thing. And like, I was talking to my friend about it going, isn't that weird, right? And I, I just turned to my friend and like, very sheepishly went, do, do, I, do, I, do, I, do I smell... To my friend, and my like friend went, my twin. and my friend went, yeah, but it's a completely different one. It's really nice. Like That's it's like a, it's like a, it's a comfort. Like you, you know, you don't smell like him. You smell different. <laughs> you smell like a kind of a like a hearty, hearty like you know warm <laughs> you know like parsnips. No, no, not parsnips. I, part, a good smell. I think my armpits smell it's like a good parsnips. smell. Have you ever smelled your armpits? Oh yeah, who, who I'm hasn't? convinced that my armpits. This is true. Yeah. I'm convinced my armpits smell like parsnips. That's the exact <laughs> scent of my armpits. If I have, if, I know it's like, crazy, it's like right? Roast ones. I, well, roast is one of my favorite things mm. of all time. But it being some, uh, I shouldn't be going around oh, proud of that. It's a great smell. I guess. I'm going to make someone a very lucky lady one day. Ben Wishaw's going to kill you for that. I bet Ben Wishaw smells really nice. Oh, we oh, never, you never said, so what do you not like? What, what's the, oh, what's yeah, the offensive smell? Oh, yeah, smell I don't smell? like. 
Um, well, certain farts. <laughs> um, yeah, because some of them, own. you can get conditioned to to thinking that farts aren't that bad. And then the moment you're in, in a room with someone <sighs> with an actual... A proper belter. Yeah. Again, I'm quite lucky. My, I think either because I've got used to it or because he's genuinely got magical intestines. Like, <laughs> a lot of my boyfriend's farts are loud, but they don't smell of anything. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. Maybe it's and, diet. Well, I just think it's standard... Like vegetable curries and things like that that do mm. it because he did a, he did a spectacularly smelly one the other day. Nice, but and you... it, it, I couldn't stand in the same room as it. Wow. As yeah. it, <laughs> as the fart. It had a face and a soul. It was. It, <laughs> it was pretty. It, you, I swear, it I could have poked singing it. A like, song. It was. It had. A, it made its presence felt. Wow. But striking a match works. Really? Yeah. It, I've never tried that. Because I I had a pretty shocking bout of. I'm going to blame it on the celiac disease. Yeah, let's do that. Just the most spectacularly stinky farts and i was like oh i've got to got to do like the whole room stank and i and i lit a match and yeah it, it must do something to the methane <laughs> because it instantly fit, it instantly made the room smell well of match which is a great smell yeah oh yeah like um, burnt burnt things love burnt things good smell so uh, it was maybe because there was so much methane. Mm. It was the supply. It was the, there was enough fuel for the fire for it to work. Because that is a genuine. I mean, I've never seen it done in real life. Yeah. But you can light your farts, can't? Backdraft. People can do that, <laughs> can't they? Um, I, I, we, I don't want to live in a world where, where like they a can't. Flame thrower. I don't want to live in a world where you can't light your actual farts. Mm. Oh, what don't I like the smell of? I made a huge huge batch of a Brussels sprouts dish because we went to a Thanksgiving dinner and there were going to be 14 people there and nice. we were in charge of sprouts. That's a cool thing to be in charge of because that's the one that people don't think no one wants to do. So you've got the cool one. You're like, I'm going to do something special. With I you. did do something special and it was delicious and I ate so many sprouts Amazing. for days because no one ate them at Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> I but the I remember the flat smelt of, of sprouts for a few days and that wasn't wholly pleasant. But like, what had you done to the sprouts? I just... I'd slice them thinly. Mm-hmm. I think the word is braised. Nice. I, I think I braised them, cooked them in a frying pan with a little bit of water and lots of seasonings, mm. and then put them put them in a shitload of olive oil. Nice. So you're saying the house smelt of sprouts? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I and that was great the first day because fresh the fresh freshly cooked smell was amazing, mm. like nutty and great. Yeah. But then after a few days, <laughs> it went a bit sort of. Charlie Bucket. It, it was oh, a bit sort of like... Of course! Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. that's all they eat is cabbage soup. Oh, back to doll. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah. Oh. I love it so much as well. Yeah. I think we're the generation, the only generation that's going to be able to truly love Dahl because mm. he's too problematic a person in hindsight with today's world. God, tell me about it, mate. We're everyone, the generation. Everyone is, aren't they? Well, I think that's, that's another reason why I think geniuses shouldn't exist. Oh. Because it almost has absolutely nothing to do with they are their moral character. They are nearly always bastards. Yeah. All artists are dicks. Let's leave it at that. Um, Definitely. Yeah, all artists are dicks. And uh, we're, we're so lucky that we get to be struggling artists. Because uh, we get to... Although you're, We get to be dicks. We get to be dicks. No, no, I mean, I mean, I mean really we'll, ne- we'll never truly be acknowledged as dicks in our time. Oh no! There we go. We get to we get to succeed in in kind of just being. We just get we just get to be dicks to each other, man. Yeah. Mutually assured. That's the way. Destruction. All right. Destruction. <laughs> Destruction.
so serial. Yeah, lucky right. and sad. Right. Well, you've been listening, everyone, to 50 Uses for the Word Love. I think I'm going to play us out today with uh, one of Harriet's songs, and it's one of my favourites. Uh, it's called Beautiful Curator. Now, seeing as this is a podcast about love, <laughs> I figure this is nice because it kind of mixes art and romance. Now, I don't need you to like set it up as you would on stage, but mm. is there a story behind this? Uh, well, yeah, it was just I used to volunteer at a slightly cooler museum than the Maritime Museum. No offense, Maritime Museum, you're pretty great in your own little way. Mm-hmm. And there was just the coolest, most beautiful man working there. And it's yeah, it's just it's just about him basically. So he's real. Yeah, he's real and probably gay. <laughs> I just really did fancied he, did him. He, did, he have the, did he have the Ben Wishaw of it all? He really did, okay. honestly. Okay, it's, it's a bit uncanny actually. Now you mention it, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, this is beautiful curator performed by Harriet Brain. I'm Stephen Trumbull, and I love you. Haven't we met? Aren't you the assistant curator? I really admire you. I mean, I admire the work you do. It is truly incredible how you've arranged the stuff in the room. I'm so impressed. You are such an attractive, in your cool curator. When I look into your eyes, I can see your clear vision. I can't help but be aroused by your extraordinary exhibition. I don't know you, but I think I love you. Put me on a plinth Look me up and down Uh, Just push me Up against that white wall Lay me on the floor Just like a Henry Moore Beautiful curator Na 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 na